So episode 29 of the All Around Podcast, talking television and film. Uh, before we get to Mando, I guess the two quick stories that I could just say. So WandaVision, which is the Disney Plus Marvel show, okay, their release date came out uh, January 15, 2021. Coming to America 2, and WandaVision's coming to Disney Plus. Coming to America 2 is coming to Amazon March 2021. So there's that out the way. Also, mm-hmm. finish the crown. Okay. Finished season four of The Crown. Um, obviously, still really good. Uh, it was interesting. There was one episode that really made me like mad. Like mad, not because it was a bad episode, but uh, the it's called the Hereditary Principle. Uh, and it's basically about the Queen Mother's cousins that they basically locked away in a in a mental hospital, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. because they're mentally disabled and in like official record books said that they died. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. And princess Margaret, who's in therapy because she's very depressed and the therapist kind of says, well, you know, I already know about the sisters and princess Margaret's like, what do you mean the sisters? And she finds out about her, you know, her mother's cousins, the Bo's lion, cousins because her mom elizabeth bow's lion is the queen mother and yeah that really like you know ticked me off uh because they well just they're mentally disabled and it's just like yeah we have to just hide them away and it's just like that was just like infuriating um i i I would say that I would say that American royalty did that too. Hello, uh, Camelot, Kennedys, et cetera. Kennedy, Rose yeah. Kennedy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, except, well, except I, mean, they I wasn't the, mad. They did. They hang on. Except they did take the extra. The Kennedys did take the extra effort to lobotomize her. So yeah, you know. Well, well. So Princess Margaret has this thing where she talks to her mom, and her mom is just like, "Well, we had to because of the abdication and all this other stuff." And, what from back in the 30s Prince, or whatever yeah yeah so princess margaret kind of goes not everything that's wrong in this family can be blamed on the abdication like she kind of explodes um so there was that episode uh there was you know there was an episode where diana and charles had uh, like a meeting with the queen and prince philip and the queen basically says like you know, I've heard about all all the things going on where, you know, you are messing around with other people. Do you want this marriage to work? And Diana is like, I actually do want it. To, like, she's the first to speak up. Like, I actually do want it to work. I'm ready to be faithful and all this stuff. And Charles and their Prince Philip and the Queen are like, oh, great. So we can like, I mean, they weren't like, oh, great. But they're like, okay, so we can move forward. And Charles is like, well, don't I get to say anything? And Prince Philip is like, well, what more is there to say? Your wife wants to continue to work on this and basically charles had a prepared statement like he wrote down this page-long letter pretty much probably saying i don't want to be in this marriage anymore because i love camilla uh and then like diana it the way they portrayed is diana tries for like she tries to make it work and charles just completely shuts down and shuts her out so then she goes back to major james hewitt and uh yeah so uh but it ends with it's like christmas 1990 diana tries to tell prince philip that 
she wants out. She's going to try and make things official. And Prince Philip just says, uh, I don't think that will end well for you. And, uh, wow. and that's kind of, and, um, because Prince Philip was had to kind of reconcile with the fact that, you know, he was always playing second fiddle to the queen. And that's what he tried to get through her is like, we're all, he basically says the thing of we're all lonely, you know, we're all, cause we are, we all don't matter because we're all behind the crown. Like it's all about her. That's the only thing that matters. And uh, because they do kind of play with the, you know, Diana definitely played to the cameras and all this other stuff. And she, you know, she definitely played well with the press, but I don't know if, like how much of that was Diana doing that or how much of that was the press just loved her, you know? Um, both i mean you know right if the press loves you and you're generally an insecure person i'm not saying she was insecure before she got into the royal family but being a part of the royal family never being never becoming you know never getting inside it ultimately is going to make you feel insecure and so you have two people sort of feeding off each other i i would submit i'm wondering if that's happening currently right now with uh, a member of the married into the royal family that's now living in Cali, but yeah, it's possible. Um, but so, you know, there's, there's also, you know, she visits New York. They did her like New York tour when Diana goes there. Uh, mm-hmm. and she knows she goes, I guess she goes to Harlem and, uh, you know, she goes and visits the, you know, the less glamorous parts of New York, which gets her a lot of, you know, uh, praise and essentially Camilla watches this and she tells Charles not to break up with Diana. Like he can't separate with Diana, start dating her because everyone's going to hate her. And cause she'll be the mistress because everyone loves Diana. Cause she right. is, she's the princess and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, they'll also hate you because you were in an adulterous affair. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. That's of that. Like, um, so but I was actually reading some stuff about Camilla and how I guess the queen didn't go to their wedding, but she was at the reception or like, it just like the queen has kind of done some things like some very passive. I mean, she can only do things passively pretty much, but some very passive aggressive things that that are kind of like, she's just not a fan of that relationship. But, uh, but yeah. So uh, hmm. the crown season four is really good. And then the next two seasons, Jonathan Price is going to be Prince Philip and Elizabeth Debicki is going to be Diana and Dominic West is going to be Prince Charles, which I think that that'll be interesting. But, now, uh, who's Dominic, Dominic West is. Um, he's McNulty in the wire. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen the wire. Um, he is the, in 300, he is the, like advisor guy that okay. ends up violating Leonidas's wife. Uh-huh. Yeah, Cersei. I mean he's played. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw watched anything other than Mando over the past week. I know it's the holidays, so Mando. Mando's about it. All right, so we can jump into Mando. Some uh, yeah. familiar faces came back with. Uh, you know, Cara Dune uh, with um, Gita Carano and uh, Grief Karga. Mando! Uh, Apollo Creed's oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, he actually, Carl Weathers actually directed the episode. So, um, 
There's that too. Yes, but, I saw that. I saw that. I thought that was uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, uh, but what'd you what'd you think of the of the episode? Um, I again, it's the there's a long arc, and um, he's in town to get his ship fixed, and hey, we got a mission. Admittedly, with people we've seen in the past, so they're getting the band back together. Sort of. Well, thing. and they got the what's his Mithral, uh, yeah, Horatio the, Sands' character. Oh, is that Horatio Sands? Yeah, it's Horatio Sands. I didn't know that was Horatio Sands. Um, yeah. He's he was he's uh, annoying. I mean, Horatio that, Sands is annoying. No, that or the that, character is annoying. That that oh, character, yeah. Yeah. that character is played to be just annoying. And I don't know if that's like, yeah. hey, let's take the every. He will be the everyman. But it's the wise ass every man, and so it's like. Um, I did I, like I, the. I, I did like the. There's no guardrail on here. I did like that. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I like that was pretty pretty good. I like the. Um, I like the. Uh, uh, I, I no no I I, I lost my point. Um, th- there was, there was the part about. The thing about him, um, no, what it is is, you know, it circles back to when we when the series started. That was the dude who was initially caught, and yeah. for I don't remember Carl. I'll just say uh, Apollo Creed. Um, so right. you got you got Apollo Creed is like yeah grief, we're trying to grief Carga. His name is grief Carga. His name's grief. Okay. Yeah, so, his name is Grief. So, Creature from the Black Lagoon is getting hunted by Apollo Creed. And um, at the beginning, you're thinking, okay, this is some sort of official thing, maybe. And then you show back up to town, and no, he's pretty much, no, you found him and he got paid. So, he could be a slave for the next 350 years or whatever, or, or damn near. Right. And then I'm like, what yeah. the hell is this? And it's like, okay, so this is kind of the Wild Wild West. Um, and uh, o- Oberyn Martell seems to be cool with it. Yeah, he's 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 perfectly fine with subjugation in those terms. So yeah. yes, it's fine. The, you know w- that this well, episode. You know, Anakin's mom was a slave, so Shmi. Yeah, it was working for this guy. Oh um, yeah, okay. Pr- pr- pretty on, much the, moving on. Pretty much the dude who runs a wedding chapel. It's the same guy, I think. The dude who runs a wedding chapel in uh, the Hangover. Um, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I think it's the I same. Gotcha. I think it's the same dude. But um, um, it, the one thing I saw that was interesting too is I was thinking about it, it's like, how does this dude eat? And it's like, oh, so we saw how he ate. I get it. I get it. Um, there's a little bit of annoying thing here. I mean, it was cool that they showed the. Okay, we're seeing the longer arc play out that was obviously near the back half of the, the, epi- the episode. And that's interesting to see. But some of this three men and a baby type shit is just a little annoying to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I know. I, I, mean, I mean, some of the stuff is comic relief. You're like, hey, put the red and the blue and don't let him touch. Okay, great. Oh, I actually laughed. I actually laughed out, out loud at that. No, I know. I, I mean, I mean, it's funny, and and when he was um, when Mandalorian was up, uh, you know, going after those Tie Fighters, um, yeah, you know, to see to see Baby Yoda 
sitting there with the arms up like he's in a roller coaster and stuff. It's like, okay. The first time I, it was cool, and then they cut to it three more times after that. And then he pukes, and it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I you know, this was like, uh, this was sort of a tickle your Star Wars experience funny bone, not only from the last people, but okay, you have somewhat of a, uh, um, uh, what, what's the name of the run at the end of the first Star Wars movie? I forget what they called. Where, where they're sort of in that city valley or whatever. I, shit, I, I forget what it's called. Where, where they're back in the valley, though they're not flying, but you got the TIE fighters shooting at uh, someone. Um, you know, when they were on the, the desk. first Star Wars In the movie? very first Star Wars, you know, the X-Wing goes into sort of onto... Um, onto the on, Death Star. Onto the Death Star, and they're sort of fighting in that trench there right and yeah and and it's like okay yeah yeah but i mean okay so you got some of that familiarity um pretty cool they pulled out the the little bike looking things whatever the hell they're called that i'm sure some scout troopers yes but 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 so so do you know what the names of those bikes are speeders Uh, okay i if they're speeders okay i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that's a guess and you're not saying um, no, they're definitively this. No, because, like, you know, I read of, this. A lot of them are called speeders. Yeah, like okay. a lot of those things are called speeders. So, so first from you know uh, Return of the Jedi, and then when you hear the screaming of the Tie Fighters, it's like okay, yeah, you know, it's like you hear that, you're like, 70, oh shit, a seventy four Z speeder bike. There you go. There you go, dude. Seventy four Z speeder speeder bike. Thank you for uh, you know becoming the president of Nerd Nation for looking that up. And, <laughs> right. Um, well, uh, actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so it's like okay, th- there's that f- sort of familiarity too. I did like Chekhov's whatever that thing is. <laughs> you know the. Yeah, do you know what we could get for that thing on the black market? And oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't even know what the name. They said the name of that thing, which, frankly, I, if I close I captions up, yeah, check, check off whatever. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I'm, uh, yes, this was better. I like the fact that they're actually moving the plot forward, the larger plot forward. So, okay. Cool. So, you know, I, I thought it was, they bring back, they kind of brought back midichlorians. Did you like that? Yeah, yeah, they right, right, right. I, I mean, they're higher, obviously higher M car, M count. I think yeah, it's so... gonna end with it's gonna end with like they all figure out that the M count thing is bullshit. Just as like a fuck you to George Lucas, basically, like yeah, midichlorians are bullshit. So yeah, th- that would be great. But I mean, I guess what they're trying to do is what they're gonna try to do a transfusion from some beings that have this real high midichlorian count and that's going to give non non midichlorian people um this force power and therefore that's the beginning of the arc and it's sort of maybe it's restarting the dark side or whatever it might be but it's really mm-hmm. like hey can we make a transfusion work that's really what it is so- i'm guessing <sighs> So their plan, the whatever is left of the Empire, what's their plan again? I mean, because, like, okay, they have this base on the, on the the Moths or the Jedis? The Moths. Like, what, like, Moff Gideon's big plan is to do... I mean, his plan, he yeah, they to, want the... He I'm wants assuming the he wants to be the, the new head of... The, he wants to. He wants to be 
he wants to sort of kickstart the empire. The only way he can kickstart the empire is by probably bringing on someone with force powers. And if he can't find someone with force powers, he's going to find a way to get force powers because he probably doesn't have them. You know, because Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, he didn't, I don't think he had force powers. No, he was he just didn't. this he sort didn't. of, uh, he had just this big t- swinging dick of the Death Star. That's basically touch of just a little dusting of megalomania. So uh, yeah. he, so like you're uh, far too trusting, right? And so now you got a uh, uh, Moff, whatever, Giancarlo Esposito, Moff Gideon, Moff Gideon, I said it like Thanks. four times. Thanks. You got Moff Gideon saying, "I need to get some of this, so I could sort of it, maybe it gives me the opportunity to, you know, seed some power towards myself." And and that is the larger strategy to um, take the helm of what is a very decentralized empire. Obviously, there's folks out there and there's some semblance of financial backing or underwriting or whatever it might be. Um, (laughs) You know, you know, they got got investors lined up. You you know, the empire went bankrupt here. So, you know, we've had to go out and get a lot of venture capital. Maybe this little play of private equity. We're going to put some of this money together and buy the pieces of this together. If we bolt them together, right, I think we can re-kickstart the empire. We're really looking for this to be accretive by 2023. Um, Yeah, and and, uh, this is Disney plucking. uh, uh, Moff Gideon is the Michael Eisner, and we're going to plop him in. (laughs) And uh, he's going to be the springboard to greater depths. Or, I mean, to, to, I'm sorry, to greater success, I guess, depending which way you're looking at it. So, um, right. Well, the next um, episode, it's chapter 13, The Jedi. So, hopefully, Ahsoka Tano is actually in that episode finally. And, and what's the name of the what's the name of the planet he's supposed to go on? He's supposed to go to exactly, uh, Cor- exactly, Corvus. Corvus. Oh, okay. I'm okay. looking. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the ever since. Look at the Wikipedia page. I didn't know that off it. Because if you said, of course, Corvus, I would have been highly disappointed. Yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, Gina Carano and uh, Carl Weathers, um, I, I'm pretty sure I said it at the beginning of, you know, whenever we first talked about the Mandalorian on this. I mean, you can definitely tell why they came cheap, uh, why they're in this uh, show. Because, um, man, it's just... They're they're just not the, not the best actors. Uh, Giancarlo is obviously, but um, you know, just want to put that out there. But looking looking forward to. Well, the I mean, did you really think episode. like so? Gina Carano has been in a handful of Fast and Furious. I think, no, right? I know she. I know she's not a good. I I know. I understand. She um, was not exactly winning anything for Haywire, right? No, they. She had her voice like dubbed over, like for the whole film. Okay. Yeah. So you know, no, 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 I'm uh, aware. Um, but I made a, I made a, I made a comment about she. She looks awfully healthy though, in, uh, in the show. So. Yeah, yeah. She. Th- this is. This is. De- she definitely has the look of. I got a fight in three months, so I'm doing a lot of heavy training and things like that. And she's right before the time she starts to cut weight for the weigh-in, whenever that is. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of where she's at. Uh, but, so yeah, she is. She is sort of not at that. 
I, I mean, frankly, the most famous Gina the Carano. 20, 2010, 2009, 2010. The, 2010. the lip, the lip bite and the eyebrow raise. 10 second gif or whatever yeah. is sort of like yep that's kind of that's sort of the peak probably there so, <laughs> so the top story i had uh i think it was the top story basically anywhere for the past week uh what is that noise um, i put an ipad on my lap gotcha so. So uh Wonder Woman 1984 to debut both on HBO Max and in theaters on uh on christmas day uh looks like it's gonna be a big push for warner brothers to get more get as many hbo max subscriptions and activations as possible because can you stop moving the ipad that's not my ipad that's actually me just tilting my head oh well so let, i hear so this let me do this no that's i'm turning my mic down so gotcha Go ahead. okay so uh, I think it's been uh, so far for HBO Max. I don't think it's had the best marketing overall, just in terms of like getting your all your HBO subscribers to activate the HBO Max part of their subscription because they've only they've had less than ten million like activations. Uh, so it has you know, not I it has not had it has not had the hit yet. Right. Uh, so Patty Jenkins she had a very bittersweet uh, tweet about the film going to HBO max, but she did kind of stress, you know, Hey, watch it in a safe place. And if you can see it in a theater and it's safe, go see it in a theater. But if you can't stay at home and watch it, um, but it'll be so on HBO no max up, for, so there's, so there's no upcharge for this, correct? No, but it'll be on HBO max for a month before going to uh, PVOD. And then it'll come back at a later date. So, but I mean, I'm pretty sure the pirates, I mean, we'll get it if it's there. for yeah. So uh, I don't know if you, you know, what you. My 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 general takeaway here is, um, you know, these movies have expiration dates. This sucker could have been put out at Christmas of last year, and they decided to not do it. You know, one might say of, hey, it's Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, it's already sort of this throwback vibe of a movie. No. There are expiration dates on this. If you you have you have to get it out at some juncture, and and frankly, the Marvel is going to be the one who's probably going to test the limits of that as much as anyone. If if that's a spring event or whatever it might be, um, mm-hmm. unlike Marvel with through Disney, so unlike Disney, um, HBO has to springboard. I, I guess Warner has to get HBO Max springboarded as much as i love hbo max i think you feel similarly yeah we're pretty it much HBO matter. Max podcast by now yeah but it doesn't matter how much stuff is on there that we like especially that is old stuff that's enjoyable to watch or something like that what draws people in is, is new the new stuff. the new hotness that's what right. it's about the new and hotness. listen the best of the and it's not saying much but the best of the dc comics um individual movie type stuff as sort of like a well you know i don't want to say it's going to be a a teaser for Zack snyder's disaster a, a clear disaster that's coming up yeah. um well there was a story that know, came out it, that supposedly there's only like four minutes of new footage or something like Zack snyder what, said how, it's really it's really only like four minutes and i'm like wait so how? it's mostly cutting room floor stuff plus he only shot four new minutes 
Yeah. And obviously they had to finish up the CGI and everything, but yeah. So if this does not do it as like the new hot thing, what will I don't know what's going to do it for them. I mean, this, this needs to, this has to get traction because HBO is never, well, they are, they are sort of leaning a little more into the Netflix model of quantity over quality, but you know, I, I think this is going to be a broader test case is, so how do these first-run movies do? And unlike our ability to go on box office mojo, which really doesn't exist in the form that used to exist in, uh, you know, RIP box office mojo has probably been dead for over a year. I mean, it technically exists, but it's terrible. Um, you know, we have no, there's no way to measure the financial mm-hmm. success of a movie you know, it is all going to be what well, we, you know, the HBO executives on the quarterly conference call seem to imply that they were relatively pleased with the performance of this movie. And the only way, you know, how is that measured? Is it subscriptions? How much sticks? The ability to measure the true success of a movie mm-hmm. financially um, for those not in the business or not behind the scenes is really going to be difficult to quantify. I mean, it's just going to be hard going forward. And, you know, I mean, movie theaters continue to take it. I think that isn't uh, Regal, isn't Cineworld that owns Regal. I think they're reaching out for help. I mean, there's, that, 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 that is going to be, the theater business is going to be just continuing to burn for months yeah. with COVID, uh, with COVID, with COVID not really, I mean, maybe by spring it gets somewhat more under control, but that doesn't mean that people are going to feel comfortable. So, so uh, HBO Max also lands Amazon Fire TV car- carriage deal, ending six month drought uh, to make so same helps make the streaming same service, reasoning. Yeah, available. It says available in more than forty million U.S. homes. I mean, it was probably already available, but they're referring to the accounts and everything. Uh, Roku will soon follow uh, the stock. Yeah, the stock for Roku rose like 10% because there were all these rumors that like HBO Max was going to be on Roku next. And that's 46 million accounts on Roku. So how and many it, uh, But it's, so how many even, people that had a Fire Stick didn't already have HBO Max sideloaded? I mean, there's whatever. probably quite a bit of people. I mean, not, I mean, I'm Dude, just it's so of, easy to put the unofficial app on, though. It is, this is, it is the easiest thing in the world to do like hacked apps yeah but i mean just there's an older crowd that have amazon fire sticks and whatever that maybe just don't want to go through all that or don't know how i mean there is that population uh so So there's a a, oh go ahead i wrote no more side loading for customers but it's also gonna be helpful just to have the banner of like when you log into your Roku or your uh, Amazon Fire TV and just the banner that says HBO Max, like, oh, download today or available today. Just to have that there now, I think will help as well. But go ahead. So Walmart is coming out with a Android TV box. It's not their own TV. It's someone. I mean, maybe they third partied it with someone and they're the only ones to sell it. But um, uh, the Fire Stick is built off of Android TV. It is going to be totally, it sounds like it's going to be completely open to any apps. And um, they're going to sell it for 
in Walmart. And they're saying the normal price is $49.99. I know Roku makes a ton of its money. Roku doesn't make any money selling hardware. They're making right. money um, with their platform being, you know, they're selling. Um, it, so if you get a Roku branded smart TV, um, you have to agree to a lovely end user license agreement, a EULA, that says, I'm going to allow Roku to track what I watch. And that will then, Roku, that gives Roku the ability to take that data. It's typically and aggregated sell, sell um, and sell it. And, and Roku is sort of, I mean, that's why you're getting good enough, you know, good enough 55 inch TVs now for 200 bucks because it's being subsidized by Roku. Roku is never open. I mean, so I, I think we are going to likely see the yeah, end like you can't, you can't side of the Roku hardware. Right. I just think the Roku hardware as we know it, I mean, it's going to exist. But the more people get the feel for this Android TV-based product for their streaming device, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Apple TV is Apple TV is just going to be a niche thing. The Fire Stick or any Android TV device that gets any sort of scale that's made with some sort of quality, that that should be look. If, if anyone listening is buying um, a stick or a, a something to make a dumb TV smart. Um, to open up to everything, they should be getting fire sick. There's too much you can do with it, legal or otherwise, mm-hmm. that you shouldn't buy. And you can get them essentially for thirty bucks. Um, right. Now, um, you know, I, I just I think Roku is just going to be this sort of OS provider that aggregates data. I I still wrap my I still shake my head as to like I like Roku. I just. God, when the stock's selling for 60 or 80 times earnings, I'm like, really? Is it really going to springboard like that? I mean, there's no money in hardware generally, but, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway. We'll see. I mean, I, yeah. I agree with you. I mean, they're going to have to make changes if they want to stay alive. But, you know, that's something to worry about at a later date, probably. Oh, correct, uh, correct, correct. But, 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 so- but yes, HBO Max has to get traction. So with Wonder Woman coming out, it behooved them to get it worked out with Amazon and Roku. Because when HBO Max came out, as much as people loved it, your ability to get it broadly on different platforms didn't exist. And it made no sense. And now they're feeling the pressure to like, holy shit, we need subscribers. We better cut a deal because we got Wonder Woman coming out. We want everyone to have the ability to get on it legally or otherwise. So Yeah. Um, So uh, HBO Max... Uh, let them all talk trailer releases uh, December 10th release date. This is the next Steven Soderbergh film. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. I don't, I guess you didn't see this trailer. I did um, not. So what is it? Um, so Meryl, what's Street, the movie about? So it's Meryl Streep, Diane Weist and Candace Bergen. Um, Meryl Streep mm-hmm. plays this author. And so the premise is an author goes on a trip with her friends and nephew in an effort to find fun and come to terms with her past. So the way the trailer plays out, it almost seems like it's Soderbergh doing Nancy Myers. Like it's like, uh, I mean, it's not Nancy Myers in this like, like romantic comedy liberating type of thing. It's definitely a Soderbergh film, just like the cast and like the topics and everything. But so it seems like Meryl Streep, because I think they're on like a cruise. 
So Meryl Streep is like this author who wrote this book that was really popular. And it seems like the book was kind of based on her life or the she or the characters have analogs to like her real life friends. And it wasn't super um, it wasn't super complimentary of like her friends and it, her friends kind of her wh- who were her best friends like they're cordial but there seems to be this like divide because of whatever she wrote in this book. And you don't really know by the trailer and she's working on this new book and, you know, she has throughout the trailer, you kind of see that whenever she wants to kind of like really hang out with her friends, they say no, like they'll have breakfast. But like one time she says, uh, it's like, Hey, like, let's go get a drink. Uh, Let's go get a drink uh, tonight or whatever. And Candace Bergen goes, no. And then just like walks away. Uh, and then she also has a line that, like, you know, I think my characters are a reflection of myself. And Diane Weiss kind of goes, well, that's pretty pompous. So, like, they don't really like her all that much. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm literally, I'm, as, as, you're, as you're talking about, I'm literally watching it with the sound off right now. So Oh, well, um, so, you know, it's interesting because Soderbergh's last couple movies came out on Netflix. So I guess now he's with HBO Max. Um, he also has another film in the works of HBO Max called No Sudden Move, starring Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, and Ray Liotta. So I'll be on the lookout for that when that comes out. Um, but I wonder what precipitated the move for Soderbergh. Um to go from Netflix to HBO Max. Maybe HBO Max probably just ponied up or Warner probably just ponied up some money just to be like, hey, we yeah, need some I, content. And I, he has I, a pretty good that. relation. He has a really good relationship with Warner. A lot of his movies were made with Warner before he went to Netflix. So so here we go. Uh, he signed a deal with HBO Max and HBO January of this year. Okay. Um, and then a winning filmmaker would develop content for HBO Max exclusive in all forms of television. First look they got a first look deal. So this is a okay. much bigger than it's a particular movie or something like that. Well, yeah, that's probably um, why his next film is going to come out on HBO Max as well. Um, that is, so that is interesting. Um, I, you know, I mean, Soderbergh, I mean, that's a movie that would clearly have been in a movie theater. I don't know if it would have been Oscar well, yeah, based. talent. No, but, but, but maybe I don't know. I mean, Meryl Streep doesn't fuck around with shitty. I mean, good um, God, it's, it's like it's complicated. Yeah, but it's like if if you look at if you go back twenty Ricky years, and the Flash. Hold on, if you go back twenty years at the Best Actress nominees, she had to have been nominated in at least half of them. I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, what? I'm but thinking, this so this has a Academy very... Awards Academy Awards since two thousand. So you have two thousand, two thousand three, two thousand seven, oh nine, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, seventeen, eighteen. One, two, okay, three, that feels like ten to me. Seven, eight, yeah, ten. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean, no, but that's one film. I mean, she has multiple films that come out every year. It's not like she does one film a year. I mean, yes, she did a Mamma Mia. I get it. I mean, I get she it. did Into the Woods, Suffragette, Florence Foster Jenkins, The Post, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, 
Mary Poppins. She was in Mary Poppins Returns. She was in the laundromat, which was the other Soderbergh Netflix movie. That was one that didn't get great reviews. But um, but yeah, I mean, no, I, like I don't think it would have been Oscar bait. It just would have been, it would have been like right below Oscar bait. It would have fallen into the Molly's game or the Battle of the Sexes tier. Like just really solid movies, just not like high level award winning movies. Yeah, I mean, I mean. This movie is all is going to be all about the confrontation at the end, yeah. Or 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 maybe less of the confrontation, and maybe the confrontation never happens because it's just this sort of passive aggressiveness that her Diane Weiss and Candace Bergen are with her, and then she collapses in front of them and sort of lays bare as to why, why she is she's the piece of garbage she that she is. was. Yeah. Right, right, and and so that's fine. I mean. Meryl Streep will certainly have the ability to act, you know. Well, so. you can definitely tell it's a Soderbergh film because of that kind of moody lighting and that deep orange. <laughs> That's uh, it looks. Well, it also looks like it's shot on a damn phone. I mean, well, he he has he did the, do a movie on an iPhone. Um, it's right, right. Unsane I mean, with Claire Foy. Uh, but yeah, so definitely gonna watch that when it comes out on December 10th because mm-hmm. I like I definitely like Soderbergh stuff. Uh, Mads Mickelson is in talks to replace Johnny Depp in Fantastic Beasts. Uh, Mickelson will take over in Fantastic Beasts 3 in summer 2022. Uh, I think it's I mean, it's pretty great because you know, Mickelson is should have chose him to start. Uh, he's the consummate. Well, he was doing Doctor Strange when they filmed the first Fantastic Beast. So, uh, uh, yeah, but but I'm just saying that he he just they should have they uh, should have just stuck with look. Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, I understand. He's he looks evil. <laughs> uh, consummate professional. will come to set on time. Evil weird. Do his do his job, and he's pretty good at portraying villainous characters. Those that those were my notes. I don't know if you wanted to add anything. I mean, it's pretty. It's a good pick. Farrell's but... doing Peng. Yeah, Farrell's, Farrell's doing, doing Penguin. Yep. I think you're going to have someone who's going to show up and isn't uh, having issues like uh, like Mr. Depp. I, yeah. I, I also think that, and, and, and this, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I would say maybe this gives you a level of hope because while Mads Mikkelsen has been in some schlocky, you know, he is sort of like, he has the ability to play like the. I mean, he was really good as, as Le Chief in uh, Casino Royale. He was really good as Hannibal in the Hannibal TV show. Like, well, right. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm saying: if if this is happening, does that say you know what we're gonna go with good actors and not just names right. that are we hope are just gonna pull people in? We we're actually gonna focus on. Um, the narrative and people executing on the narrative than a somewhat gimmicky ploy of Johnny Depp doing his Johnny Deppy thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so now, uh, Fantastic Beasts Beast has much bigger issues than just managing Johnny Depp. So that has to get fixed too. But one should it one should see this as a net positive. All right. things being equal. So. Uh, so the next story I had, One Night in Miami trailer uh, came out. Um, this movie has been getting <clears throat> like 
tons of buzz for months now. And it is uh, not available on the downloads for downloads no, yet for no. your sites of choice. No, uh, directed by Regina King. It's her first film. Uh, and so the first thing I had, because Leslie Odom Jr. is playing Sam Cooke. And Sam Cooke. For, yep. Can Leslie Odom Jr. act? Are, are we sure he can act? Because Orient Express, but, he but, was not, he, he was, he was getting tossed around by almost every actor in that movie. So, so the question is, so this was a play. So yep. the question for this is, and like I know Sam Cooke was is sort of tied in with, you know, he was friendly with the Nation of Islam. Malcolm X was sort of doing his thing. Because obviously this was, what, a year before Malcolm X's trip to Mecca? So this is before he sort of broke away from the Nation of Islam. Um, it's, and it literally uh, takes place... The night, it's February 64, after uh, Cassius Clay defeats Sonny Liston in Miami. Cassius Clay spends the night at the Hampton House Motel in Miami's Overtown neighborhood, celebrating with three of his friends, activist Malcolm X, singer Sam Cooke, and football star Jim Brown. The next morning, the men emerge to find a new world. That is the premise, as it were. So there you go. So is it, is it, the fight ends. It begins with the fight ending. Um, they probably go to see Sam Cook perform. And so you'll, Leslie Odom Jr. will get to do Sam Cook. Um, well, the beginning of it, do that. The beginning fine. of it is the beginning of the trailer is literally him doing the vocalizations for Chain Gang. And he has the uh, okay. crowd doing it as he sings. And it's like, okay, I mean, all right. I mean, Look, Leslie Odom Jr. Why? Why, 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 Jr. is a good singer. That? He's a good singer, but uh, you know, Sam Cooke is like one of the best singers ever. Um, so is he? He wasn't even in the top hundred. Yeah, he's, he's tied. Yeah, uh, that's a deep joke <laughs> that nobody knows. That's a very old brief, brief overview. I was looking up the top one hundred singers like that Rolling Stone put out when they did top one hundred singers of all time, and my dad asked me, is Sam Cooke on there? And I was remembering from the day I looked it up. And I was like, I don't know. I don't remember really seeing him. He goes, what? So I pull it up on my phone and it's like, oh yeah, he's number four. So that is the, that's the joke there. Um, um, but well, S- Sam Cooke was a, I mean, he could, he was a great live act. Um, yeah. Cause, and, cause you would and know. Muhammad Ali was a big fan. Huh? Cause you would know. Yes, yes. He that, died that like killed him four years before you were five born. Years, five years. Five years before I was born, yeah. Okay, but go ahead. Um, no, but he's got live albums that you could tell. I mean, he, he was this sort of consummate. I mean, he had the ability to sing all different types of songs. And, um, and so it's like, I get, I get that sort of thing. I'm, I think they like it. I, I'm wondering if this is just going to be a super sort of talky, sit around um, I mean, and talk it's, about it's stuff. Play. Right. And one of the reviews I read said something like she does her best with very sort of obvious play stagey type stuff. So, okay. I'm, this movie, the, this, the time this frame best is <laughs> like uh, this, I, this I, movie. I just, you think subject matter, 
I mean, I bet you Regina King's probably going to win Best Director. I'm just... That's just what I think is going to happen. Do you think that the words Black Lives Matter are going to be uttered? Uh, I mean, yes. Do you want to put it over under over under how many times over under that the word? uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are the odds that the word black lives matter uh, will be under, but will be uttered in the, those three words in a row. What are the odds? Um, The, it it would be, I would have to bet even to win a dollar. I would have to bet a hundred dollars. Like, Wow, one to a hundred. Yeah, okay. are you kidding me? Of course. Okay. What? Like that's not even a fair bet. Okay. Okay. So, so what you're saying is it's going to be extremely on the nose for this. I don't know. I don't think the movie is going to be. On, I think the movie is going to be really good. It's probably going to have a lot of nuances. I think the movie. I just think. Do you? Are you saying? Are you saying? Will the words "Black Lives Matter" be uttered in the movie, or are you saying will the words "Black Lives Matter" yes. be said? around the pomp and circumstance when the movie comes out just reviews no no i i'm saying is is this script going to be really on the nose no i don't and saying okay so you think it's going to be more subtle because yeah i I mean honestly i mean i think i mean one muhammad ali and malcolm x in 1964 we're not the most subtle and nuanced of uh folks well they play muhammad well cash is clay Okay, let's let's get that right. Cassius Clay, as uh, you know, he's doing his whole, all his, you know, why am I so pretty? You know that stuff. But Malcolm X comes off as very understated in the, you know, in the um, trailer at least. But I don't, I'm looking forward to it because I've literally been hearing about it forever. So, uh, but the next story I had, Disney, you're gonna love this. Disney mulling pivot of Pinocchio. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what? What? Hold on. So he announced that he was going to change his name. I'm wondering if it's if he, I think he wins the title and then comes out. Um, he and he comes out. I think after he won the title, he changed his name, and I bet you that was the that was the. Uh, um, They're going to make it. I'm as thinking that might that be the event. Night. Yeah, but yeah, like, because this never I happened. think you know this never happened, right? Like this is like they didn't. There wasn't. They didn't have four of them one night in Miami after he won. This is like this semi-fictional. This is like the Steve Jobs thing. You know what I mean? Hello. I no no I I understand. So he joined the Nation of Islam in 1964 and changed his name to Cassius X. I will, and I think it's right after he beat. Sonny, Sonny Liston. Liston, he changed his name. So I'll, I'll bet you that his whole sort of, if, if not, um, you know, he, I think he was probably already bought in at that point, but maybe his formal sort of coming out to the public when they talk about the, the changed world is kind of, um, um, I'm sure that's going to play a significant part of that uh, movie. Yeah. So. so my next story, Disney mulling pivot of Pinocchio, Peter Pan, and Cruella from theatrical to Disney Plus premieres. So, mulling? Yes. Mulling? Mulling. Mulling. Mulling the pivot. Yeah, that's what the title of the article is. So Disney Plus currently has 73.7 million subscribers. <laughs> so it's gl- grown about 13, almost 14 million in the last t- 
two months, three months. So it is still just surging. Uh, so you have Cruella with Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Uh, Robert Zemeckis directed Pinocchio with Tom Hanks uh, starring. Peter Pan and Wendy, which is a David Lowry directed film with Gronish star Yara Shahidi set to play Tinkerbell. Uh, isn't clear whether the films will be offered for free to subscribers or at a premium. And Black Widow will not be going to streaming. Uh, so, so let's get so let's get real about Disney Plus. They got the Mandalorian, and that's really successful. But otherwise, not that their content is bad, mm-hmm. but they really do not have any sort of uh, water cooler um, pieces I mean, out there. They're, but they're for that, about to. And Mandalorian's going to be over. When's it? Man- Eh. By the time Mando is over, will they? By the time, yeah, the Marvel shows. You keep missing. I, I, I keep having to remind you. I, I know the Marvel shows are coming, but yeah, I January. Don't know as really basically, gonna... when Mandalorian is over, like two more weeks, WandaVision is going to come out. Like, I, I, I don't. I, I listen, but the risk is, mm-hmm. are, are people, are people marveled out? No, they're not. But I don't know if they are. No, I don't know not. if they are. Just it better be no, great. Wandavision. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Do I like Avengers Endgame? Did not come out that long ago. It made two point seven eight seven billion dollars. I, I understand. Like I, I. So, so here's the deal. I understand. Disney needs to keep bringing. They need to keep throwing product on there. Uh, you know, they the reason they're mulling is because they're saying to themselves, Holy shit, our theater's dead as we knew it, right? It's probably not dead in the medium term, but as we knew it, are they dead? And as I said before, every single thing you make has an expiration date on it. And if you try to force it out way after, you know, too many, too many people know about stuff that is old when it comes out that it has this stink of failure on it, even if it's not that bad. So the risk that's run is, all right, if you pushed Cruella out to December, no one's going to go see it because it's been shot for a year plus. And it's like, okay, what's wrong with this thing? And I would and I understand COVID is around. Pretend that the mass movie going audiences don't, know about the know the ins and outs of film production but go ahead i i'm just on yeah but they know more about it now than they did 10 or 15 years ago so i'd be willing to bet that so what are the big three movies peter pan and wendy corella and what's pinocchio pinocchio is that a live action pinocchio yeah uh, with tom hanks i think that was the one that like robert downey jr was attached to forever and I guess it's so. Is this a is this a is this a live action Zemeckis Uncanny Valley I, version, I or is know. this a true live action? I, I don't or live action animated live action the way the Lion King. I don't know, out. but Tom Hanks has got to be Geppetto, right? Like he's he's not Pinocchio, but he's definitely Monster the Whale. No, he could be Stromboli, but I doubt it. I don't. He's got to be Geppetto. The only I haven't I've no, I don't know if I've ever seen Pinocchio, so I don't know any of those other characters. Really? Yes, really, really. Yeah, oh, it came out and like, yeah, like all those, all oh, of the dude, older, if you, if you, the older, older Disney movies. Like, I barely remember any of them, with the exception of I think Peter Pan, like I in Cinderella. Pinocchio is one of those movies that if you saw it when you were seven or eight, it would have freaked you out. 
because it is like, damn, okay. What? And it's not like it's a big whale, but there's parts of it you're just like, holy shit, is this what happens to kids when they misbehave? Uh-oh. You just need to watch it. It's not long. Uh, watch it. So I'll just say Lampwick will never be the same. So. Lampwick, okay. Uh, yes. John M. Chu is in talks to direct a live-action Lilo and Stitch movie. Um, so... I guess it's just retaining talent because so John Chu, he's directing, you know, he's directing episodes for Willow, the live action Willow series in the Heights is coming out next year. It's supposed to come out this summer, but it got delayed because of COVID. Um, and I'm sure like Lin-Manuel Miranda is probably, you know, just loving the fact that in the Heights is about to come out. Uh, and I just felt like, like Lilo and Stitch is another movie that just doesn't need to be, like, no, you don't need to remake Lilo and Stitch. And plus, I think Lilo and Stitch lends itself to animation more than anything because it's like the whole Stitch Elvis thing. How is that going to play in li- quote-unquote live action? You know? But but especially the whole um, Stitch like out in space with those different looking aliens. Yeah. Which is that sort of light comedy thing and they were all unique looking. Yeah. And to make... And, and, and that style of animation was a very sort of soft... Um, kind of harmless look about it. There wasn't like an uber realistic yeah. thing about it now. And I can only think like you take some of those and you make them look real and it's going to be like, damn. You and it was meant to be sort of this warm, lighthearted thing about family because we're all cousins. Right. right so, yeah. um, and, and I'm like, you make that live action. I mean, if you, a live action, sti- I mean, it's obviously not going to be live. They're going to make it live animated as in the line. I mean, the people will be real. I mean, st- right? Stitch but, is going to be know, CGI. You've seen some of those. Um, you've seen some of those. Uh, uh, what's the artwork that is like hyper realistic and sometimes scary that they've done of Disney characters? Oh the yeah, where, yeah, yeah, and it's freakishly. <laughs> yeah. It's like what yeah, the hell make, are we like, seeing? I would like love. Goofy, they should do it like that. Like goofy looks like real, <laughs> and it looks like some type of like. You know, Island of Dr. Moreau crap, like just this really weird, almost like mutant. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, or, 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 or Tinkerbell's like uh, totally methed out horror sort of thing or whatever. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, I do remember that. Um, yes. You know, deviant art. Oh, yes, that's what yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just, they don't need it. To, plus, Lilo and Stitch wasn't even that successful. It just came, it was like semi-successful in a time where Disney animation was just sucking. And it was actually like, oh, this is actually kind of good, you know? Because like the year after that, I think Chicken Little came out. Uh, so. But, oh God. But, but and, and even, I think people generally like stitch i mean i think his, yeah him as a character he, is interesting it's the ears but i mean they the couldn't ears. even keep they couldn't even keep a ride open with him at the parks it was like they couldn't shut that thing down fast enough I mean, that ride yeah. was there for a while i don't i mean like yeah but it has it was at best seasonal for the last five oh, yeah, years it was ass. people just did it wasn't not a good it was ride. not well received it, it smelled like yeah. ass too i I don't know. Uh, it's like they never clean that thing. Stitch eating chili dogs is like we were all into that. Yeah. Uh, so the next one I had Judd Apatow sets next comedy with Netflix. Uh, 
Avatar's first film in Netflix, first film away from Universal. It's a pandemic-themed film, follows a group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempting to complete a film. Uh, one to Netflix because Netflix can finance it now while Universal is figuring out how to manage its slate. Um, did you have anything? I mean, Judd Apatow had some success with The King of Staten Island, I guess, when that went to PVOD. I guess a lot of people saw it, but I don't know. I, I mean, it would be great if this is able to play like a real comedy um, as compared to a this his is dramedy, sort of stuff. his two and a half hour dramedy. Yeah. Or funny people. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just. Funny people is like, you oh, know, funny people so heavy. Like, uh, it's um, it, he he touches he nears the third rail of self indulgent bullshit um, with some of his stuff. If he's able to keep it somewhat light, that's great. But th- I'm I'm concerned that this is the beginning of a whole slate of COVID nineteen movies, comedies, whatever it might be. And I think I talked about it before. We're already living it. Who the fuck wants to be reminded of or, or see it? Unless it's truly like funny as shit. Right. And, you know, what, what, what's his what's his funniest? Was knocked, knocked Up? I mean, so he did 40-Year-Old Virgin. He did Knocked Up. For, forgetting Sarah Marshall? Well, that was produced by him. wasn't him? directed. Nicholas Stoller did uh, did Forgetting Sarah okay. Marshall. But he did, uh, did Trainwreck. He did um, This is 40. He did uh, King of Island. He did Funny People, and I think that's it. I mean, I I, I think that's it. Let me make sure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm looking it up. So he did, um, Forty Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Funny People. This is Forty Trainwreck. He did the documentary, The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, and The King of Staten Island, Pineapple Express. He didn't direct Pineapple Express. I'm so- oh no, wait, wait. he was a producer. Yeah, he, he a produced producer. a bunch of stuff. He like wrote it. He produced like Superbad, Pineapple Express. He produced, produced and wrote Walk Hard. Yeah, Walk Hard is great. I know you how you feel about Walk Hard. Um, wrote Fun with Dick and Jane. I like Fun with Dick and Jane. I don't care what anybody says. He produced and wrote Heavyweights. So, so my so so here's the deal. If he's able to do it like uh, Pineapple Ex- Pineapple Express is a kind of a unique thing, but um, you know, walk hard, knocked up. If it's able to be a funny movie like that, great. Pineapple Express is or, great. Or Forgetting Sarah Marshall or Bridesmaids that he was producer of or something like that, great. He was producer of Talladega Nights, Anchorman. But if this is going to be This is 40 or Funny People, ugh, ugh, hard pass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, I, if it is like that, I just feel like it's going to be almost unwatchable. Like, if they're in a pandemic bubble and it's going to have all this melodramatic bull crap, like, it's just like, oh, God, why why would I want to watch that at all? Um, but uh, Transformers is coming back. It's going to be uh, the next installment of Transformers will be directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who did, who did Creed 2. Um, and then he... Why? Uh, why? Why? So and also Joby Harold, who wrote um, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, is going to be writing the script. Uh, and I said it has all. Hold on, has didn't all they the just makings. do the Transformers? 
has all the makings of a terrible film. Transformers Last Night was yeah, but Transformers Last Night was twenty seventeen. Like horrendously awful. Yeah. Age of Extinction was. Probably... What is it about? And this uni- it's universal, right? No, it's Paramount. Are you kidding me? Paramount needs the money. It's, it's oh, of Paramount. course, of course. Well, no wonder Paramount's doing it. Paramount, Paramount, Paramount has and to make Hasbro, I mean, they... Hasbro Films or Hasbro Productions or whatever. Oh my God. Um. So yeah. What? Who's asking? I mean, you know, there's probably a shitload of Chinese that are asking for this, but who's asking for another Transformers movie? People. What? What? What is in the? What is in the zeitgeist out there that they're hearing the whispers, you know, beneath the wind that's just coming through that says, Transformers, Transformers, we need <laughs> I just, what, what, everybody's, what, everybody's waiting for the inevitable G.I. Joe Transformers crossover. That's what, that's what everybody wants. I mean, I mean, what, I, I mean, this reeks of so much desperation for Paramount and they got reason to be desperate. I mean, they got to make money, but this is just more. Uh... I, and and this this director, from what I've read, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really into Transformers, but you know, they're paying me. <laughs> it's a gig, exactly. It's like, okay, he's good. only done two two movies. I, I mean, I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, watching the last few Transform, the last couple Transformers movies, that any director worth his salt would actually admit to being super passionate about. Transformers. Well, I mean, Michael Bay the, uh, wasn't passionate about Transformers. Property. Like, Bumblebee is probably the best Transformers movie. The one that Travis. The one well, that Travis. So Knight I did. read an article. So is this is this? So an article that I saw was something like, "This might be part of the Bumblebee universe," and I actually said those words. <laughs> um, but um, as compared to the. Um, Megatron. It's not the Michael Bay stuff. Yeah, not Megatron. Calvin Johnson, you're welcome. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, you're welcome for the shout out. What, whatever. Calvin Johnson's um, doing fine. Mega, Don't whatever. Worry. No, no, but 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 I mean, what was the name of the uh, Optimus Prime, and what was the name of the big bad? Um, Megatron. What are you talking about? Oh, it's Megatron. Yeah. I thought it was Megatron's something else. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, there was okay. Galvatron in number three or four, or no, number four, but it turned out to be Megatron. Is that the one Megatron's... that's just a big vacuum? Is that the one that's just a big vacuum cleaner? No, that's um, which one is that one? Uh, was it like Street Sweeper or something like that? <laughs> it's not Street Sweeper. I know that's a the street name for. Uh, aren't, you, aren't you thinking of that song by Nelly? By Nelly. Or... Nelly. Um, <laughs> No, 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 no. Street no, it's it's some electrolux like sweeper. Hold on, I can I can find it because this is important. Um, oh my god! Vacuum transformer. Thank God, thank God, you didn't know the answer to that. Uh, vacuum transformer movie. Here we go. Uh, what the hell? It's transformer. Devastator. Two, right? It was Devastator. So who is the sweeper? Devastator. And then there was like Starscream, and there was you know. Um, I have no life. Uh, so, <laughs> there, no, Bumblebee was the probably the best one. You could probably put it up against the first Transformers movie. But Bumblebee had the, where, had the awareness of, uh, to be shorter. It's less than two hours. But Bumblebee has like, 
what is it like a 80 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes and it's like it's oh 91 percent 66 on Metacritic and it's like it wasn't that good just everybody expected it to be complete crap and it was actually right it was actually right, coherent right. because it wasn't a, it was actually coherent and it had right. a little bit of a heart a 91 yeah. percent for Bumblebee yeah okay. like that's okay. like on par. It was like on par with the nice guys. It's like it, it ain't that good. It wasn't a flaming bag of shit. No, it, it's solid. It is solid. It's a little thin, but like it has a bit of a heart. Haley Steinfeld plays the main character. They actually have the yeah, they and, have and, the... And, and I think I think Haley Steinfeld being in it because of all the all the goodwill she got from True Grit. I think that and automatically pitch, pitch gives perfect. like a few points. And Edge of Seventeen. She's yeah, well. Edge of 17. Um, but she, so, and they actually have the, like the sound, the transforming sound effects from the eighties cartoon that like that really, they put that in there when they transform. I was like, ah, that's cool. It doesn't have that super mechanical sound that, you know, Michael Bay used. So it was a nice little throwback. (laughs) I liked it. And then John Cena. You what? Yeah, that's right. You saw it. Yeah, I saw it. And John Cena plays a meathead in it. Uh, well, not really. He he's like an army. He's set. Uh, who, hold on, former U.S. Army Colonel, agent of Sector Seven. So he's like the bad guy. But he's not really a bad guy. He's just like doing his job. He's on assignment, essentially. It's it's whatever. Um. So and and there's only like three Transformers in the in. Yeah, he's building. He's building up for his role in Transformers Ten or whatever. Uh. No, well, it's Dom's brother. Remember, he's Dom's brother in Fury. Fury exactly, Dom. exactly. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, all this is nothing. This is all just, this is all just the buildup for the role of a lifetime. Exactly. Uh, that Transformers. And plus, there's only like three Transformers in the whole movie. It's literally just Bumblebee and then the two, the two bad guys. Like, that's, that's all it is. Uh, so, yeah. And it's, tra- I mean, plus Travis Knight is, he's a good director. Um. Wait a second, this writer. So you say Travis Knight, I think of some UConn basketball player from like the late 90s. Yeah, and so here's the thing, and I remember, so this writer, because so the writer is Christina Hodson, who's a, she's a British screenwriter, and she wrote Unforgettable. You remember that movie with Katherine Heigl and Rosario Dawson? The like wife. Unfortunately, in my mind, that movie does not, you know, I certainly, if I did remember it, it's forgotten. So, boy, <laughs> that title didn't really hold up. Huh? But it's like that movie Obsessed with Beyonce and Ali Larder. Ali Larder. It's just like they just okay. did that again. So, what what man were they fighting over in Unforgettable? Um, not Idris Elba. Uh, this guy Jeff Stoltz. So, sure. Yeah. He was sure. in. He was Good in. She's him. out of my league. He played the other dude. So. So so was was Catherine Heigl the psychopath yeah, and Rosario yeah, Dawson yeah, was yeah. the put upon? Yeah, yeah, I probably yeah. So, I, but it's like she wrote Unforgettable and she wrote Bumblebee, I and I remember when she was the credited screenwriter on Birds of Prey, and that was when I was like, Birds of Prey ain't gonna be that good. And what was the worst? What was the weakest part of Birds of Prey? The script. Birds of Prey is fine. It's, it's but it is forgettable. And she is she's writing Birds the Prey, Flash but, movie. But Birds oh, of God. Oh my God. But Birds of Prey seems to be like a it's a concept 
that you're trying to shoehorn a script into. We want to get all these female But like uh, I already went over it the, the together birds... and have them do something now build a script for Yeah, it. and it's like the sure. birds of prey but that's the thing it should have just been called Harley Quinn. It shouldn't it should not be called Birds of Prey cuz the birds the birds of prey don't even really team up or happen until literally the last like 10 minutes. They're all like fighting each other. They're not even fighting each other. They don't even really know each other until like the very end. And then they decide to like, they're kind of put in a circumstance where they just have to defend themselves. And then Harley Quinn goes off on her own at the end of the movie. So it's like, why is this called birds of prey? Your most marketable character and star is, is the main, like she is the main thing and you call it birds of prey. What? Just call it Harley Quinn. Jesus Christ. Like, Marketing one hundred and one. Now I haven't seen the movie, but I haven't seen the movie. But didn't they um, downplay um, um, what's her face's extreme natural sex appeal in this in that movie? You're not talking. Are you, uh, the girl who plays Margot Harley. Robbie? Yeah. I mean, no. Oh, okay. Uh, from what I've read, they did not give her the uh, like. She doesn't. She was not in a skimp. She was not as skimpily attired as she was in. Uh, um, oh, in Suicide Squad, whatever that first disaster. Okay, was. yeah, yeah, sure. No, she wasn't. But I mean, okay, does that really tone down the sex appeal of Margot Robbie? Like, what you could put her? No, in I, a damn, I, I'm just saying though. They really tried to. Have it. She'd still have a fair amount of sex appeal. Like what? Okay, 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 Mister Six to Midnight. You know. Well, no, it's just like how, about about Margot Robbie. No, I, I'm you... I'm just saying this this was sort of a no. But from what I've what I heard was this was sort of a feminist um, no uh, themed no. sort of movie. But in order to do that, they had to just sort of just because Journey Smollett downplay. Just, no, hold on, just because Journey Smollett is singing "It's a Man's World" doesn't make it this like feminist like type of movie like jesus christ no 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 and look and the thing about margot robbie i just couldn't believe she's only like five and a half years older than me that's like it's just ridiculous it's it's unbelievable um but yeah like how how old was she wait and wolf of wall street was 2013 so how old was she 22 like 22 yeah she's 22 it just these people don't, don't listen. Don't start, dude. Dude, don't start. These crying. people actually exist, <laughs> like. But no, no, no. Like, yeah, I don't know if you could ever yes. really tone down the sex appeal of Margot Robbie. Like, it, it, I don't know. It, it can't be done. It can't be done. Um, okay. But the last story I had, uh, Universal agrees to early uh, PVOD releases with Cinemark and Cineplex. So Cineplex is a Canadian theater chain. Um. So any movie that earns more than $50 million in its opening weekend has to stay in theaters for at least 31 days, five weekends, essentially. All other titles can be made available after 17 days. Um, also, this was amended for the AMC deal. So the AMC deal will have the same terms as this as well. Um, I just said... Meaning what? That as soon as it goes to PO, no, that, VOD, Cinemark, no, no. they're going to cut a deal with Cinemark? No, that AMC, the AMC deal was just any movie after 17 days goes to PVOD, but it now includes any movie that earns more than 50 million in its opening weekend has to stay in for five weekends. So, 
But any, but but of course, because any movie that does over fifty million going to have legs. Uh, millions. Any movie that comes over fifty brings in over fifty million, they're going to want it in there for five. Well, right. Weeks. It's right. really the, it's really the crap that is like makes twelve and limps through, um, and then it's like, well, we ha- don't have much else, and the, and the theater saying, well, we want you to keep it in there. It's like just get it the hell out of there now. I mean, we got to start making revenue otherwise because we're not really making any right. money. Um, I, I I do wonder though if this takes away the ability for the sleeper hits to really like the, the ever greatest, get traction the again. Showman. Hey, look, if it means less um, That, but that... Zombieland. Um, Zombieland. My big fat, big, fat, big fat Greek wedding is probably... Yeah, I mean, but also like a movie a really like good example I mean, Zombieland, like Easy A. Um, what else? I, you know, no, man, but I'm talking about stuff that, like, it's, like, seventh week. Yeah, but, like, it actually starts Big Fat Greek Wedding only, like, that never happens. Like, you get a Zombieland or an Easy A, you get a couple of those a year. Like, I'm talking about the movies that end up making, like, oh, man, that made $130 million. Holy crap. Not the movies that make, somehow make $350 million over seven months. That doesn't happen anymore. because movie... But Silver Linings, Silver that's Linings different playbook. because that's like, an awards movie. That's so different. Like awards movies after the Oscars and everything, they get that bump to go back in theaters for eight weeks or so. Don't get me wrong. Silver Linings made a good amount of money while it was out initially, but once the awards buzz started happening, it started making more. And you're looking it up to be like, well, actually. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Juno. Juno's one. Okay. Oh, again, so... it's an award. A Juno's an awards movie. Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Three million. I think it was made for four hundred grand. It got picked up for three million dollars by Fox Searchlight. An opponent forty-four. I mean, the big, the most. I mean, this is, you know, Paranormal Activity is probably the, that's number one. I mean, it's Blumhouse, um, Slumdog. Again, Diary of Slumdog, a Man. Slumdog Blackboard. awards movie. Dire, oh god! Yeah, Crashing Tiger awards was, movie. Yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, damn it! Come on. Just saying. Super movie hit to. Uh, Rocky, hang on, Big Fat Greek Wedding, Napoleon Dynamite, Greatest Showman, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. You know that's what? one. That had an incredibly long oh. tail, and it made thirty-five. So it makes thirty-six million bucks its first weekend. Okay, but that just stuck. Now, now here's the deal: if that thing only falls 15 for back-to-back week, but look, it's not. Sony ain't pulling it out. Not, Sony's not pulling yeah, it out. That's the thing: it's up to the studio to pull it out or not. It's not like the theater can be like, "Oh no, we don't want it. Kick it out." Like if it's making money, it's making money. You know, distribution yeah. costs money yep. for studios. That's that's what it's about. So, so how long before? Um, so, what? Do you, how long do you think it's going to be before there's a fifty million dollar opening weekend movie again? Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I I don't think I don't think it's going to in, in the theaters. Gonna, it's, I don't think it's, it's going to be, yeah, uh, be Black Widow. It could be Black Widow. Um, ooh, what's the twenty twenty one slate looking like right now? Um, 2021 movie release. I don't know. Here we go. 
2021. Um, well, if it's not that, I think it'll definitely be Eternals, but because Eternals will come out in like November. Really? Eternals comes out in November. You think it's going to be Eternals? It comes out in November and it's a Marvel movie. <sighs> yeah. Uh, oh my god. But Eternals a, doesn't there, have name cash. There's a movie that comes Eternals out. Eternals does not have name There's a movie that comes out called The Tomorrow War. What the fuck? The Tomorrow War. Um, I'd be willing to bet that won't be one. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, Top Gun Maverick, maybe? Uh, oh my god. Maybe. Another Conjuring is coming out. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. What the hell? Do they just tell you see, what's going to happen? See, here's the here. Oh, but here's the deal about Top Gun. Furious Nine, Fast and Furious. That, that's, yes, I. You know what? That will be That'll the be first it. because that will be the first. People will definitely risk COVID to see that in a group. Experience. I'm just going to say the, but it won't the be um, demographic that goes out to go see F9 aren't exactly the. Uh, most risk averse yeah. crowd out there. Hey, Is that what my life a quarter mile. Ride or die, baby. Ride or die. Live my life a quarter mile. Yes, yes. Yeah, so when the theme is ride die. or die, <laughs> ride and, or and die. they they want to live it. Yeah, <laughs> and they want to live it. Yeah. There's like this. So when is that supposed to come out? Three hours and eight minutes. That's got to be bullshit. There's no way. Could you imagine a three-hour Fast and Furious movie? That would be that would be amazing. <laughs> That's script. Think about, think about that, that script. Think about just like you're going to have like the long views of Vin Diesel just looking at people. And it's like, my, my God. How many, how many times do you think they say, they say the word family in a, in a three-hour Fast and Furious movie? I mean, at least like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's insightful, especially lot. when it's the brothers of whatever. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's so and so's brother. Not, like they, they're gonna have to explain the resemblance thing. They look nothing alike. Hey, Freaky is number one at the box office, second week in a row, one point two million dollars. A million two. Well, it's it's probably positive. Yeah, because it's Blumhouse it made three million last week. It's making money, yeah, it made right? Three million last week. Um, that movie will. Kill once it gets on PVOD, the cable oh, network. Cable, then. Uh, it'll make money on PVOD. Yeah, yeah. Like, one, Blumhouse gets... makes a good amount of money on PVOD, surprisingly. Yeah, but I, I think that movie, when it gets onto whatever streaming thing, it will make it will, it will really build a nice following. There. Yeah. Um, and then Freaky Two Electric Boogaloo is going to come out. Um, freakier. Uh, well, so, 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 how does that work? What? So how does that work? Uh, I'm assuming Vince Vaughn dies at the end of Freaky. No, somehow. are you kidding me? So They're probably like, like best friends at the end. Are you serious? He's walked a mile in a girl's shoes. <laughs> he understands what he did was wrong. And they'll go to and then they'll go to Chuck E. Cheese when they go and raise <laughs> the, the baby girl that uh, they'll go to the diner took from the stripper or whatever. Playback. Hey, look, you can have this. I'm not, I don't even want it. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm on variety, just like John Cleese sparks backlash over transphobic tweets in defense of J.K. Rowling. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, 
Who cares? Have, Who have cares? fun canceling Who John cares? Cleese. He's like eighty four. Like 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 John Cleese. John Cleese took on the GD Church of England in nineteen seventy nine. Like John Cleese really cares. John Cleese doesn't care. Um, I mean, it, and listen, listen. That is the one thing. That's the one thing that traditional media doesn't understand when they're going to try to call out someone who totally doesn't give a fuck. I mean, John Cleese, John Cleese can, John Cleese and Eric Idle came through Southwest Florida one time and he joked because it's like, yeah, I needed to go and make some serious money. So he went on some touring events. Yeah, because he, he got, he, he and his wife, John Cleese and Eric Idle, like, yeah, he, he got divorced. divorced. Yeah, got the boy, so he just needed to do this basically to pay for the divorce. Of gold digging whores out there. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, um, but John Cleese doesn't care. He's like, man, I've been through it. What what are you talking about? I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen, one of the most awesome Monty Python bits ever what done the is the Undertaker oh. bit. The Undertaker bit. Okay. Where it ends with him wanting, taking his mother to an undertaker <laughs> and the undertaker convincing him to join him in eating his dead mother. <laughs> now, when you do a bit like that, what the hell are you going to care if people get mad at you because you supported someone um, who said something that people take as potentially transphobic? This dude is making jokes about eating dead parents of themselves. Okay? He doesn't care. He doesn't care. I mean, good God. D- don't, don't get me into <laughs> the lack of, you know, th- there, there will be no comedy movies ever. By 2030, the comedy movie as we know it will be dead. It will cease to exist. <laughs> <laughs> Wakey, wakey! <laughs> if you know the bit, uh, the dead. The, it is the dead parent oh. sketch. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I just remember you sent me the cheese thing. I don't care how fucking runny it is. Uh, yeah, that was. Yes. I mean, that was okay. Oh, yeah, it's on Deadline too. John Cleese stirs Twitter pot with jazz. As, uh, jazz. Oh my god! How is that? You, news? Know, you know what? As much, listen, I love. I love Twitter. I love you. You, you want to know how it's news? It's because the internet is an unlimited source to type stuff. Hello, the fact that we have a podcast <laughs> speaks to the fact that anyone can make anything. Okay, but 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 hold on, hold on. You have news networks saying something, something happened, but Twitter, but someone on Twitter said this. So hold on. Literally, it would be on the national fucking news on like NBC, CBS, ABC. Because they found one or two yeehaws who found a way to disagree with someone. And now that is like, and, and that's interesting because it is not like, you know, in the, in the days of past, when someone would, a policy will come out or something like that, they would say, all right, let's go find someone to give the alternative opinion. So maybe if it's in government, you'd find a senator who would present, well, here's the alternative case, and this is why we think it's wrong, it should be this. Or they find some other sort of, um, meaningful person uh, to give who has a name that would give the opposing viewpoint. Now, the opposing viewpoint is some purple fucking egg 
named, you know, Bleeding Rectum, mm-hmm. who's going to bitch and moan 69. because, yeah, or, yeah, exactly, because, uh, you know, you didn't like the way that a tweet was worded. And somehow that's new. Remember, that's there's, new. A, there's a, you know, you know what, you know what, fuck BuzzFeed, fuck HuffPost. This shit isn't news. Well, it's not was, news. It's not news that people get offended because people live to get fucking there offended. There was that, uh, there was an episode or, of Parks and Rec. This was like 2011. This was the season where Leslie was running for city council uh, woman. And literally, like, person, person, sorry, person, person. person. Um, so <laughs> there was, uh, what's her name? Joan Calamezzo. She's asking one of the questions. She goes, oh, we have a question from Twitter because apparently that's a thing now. And it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that is what's happening. I mean, this has been happening for years, but it's just like every time I see that episode, I'm like, holy shit. Like they really like they got that. Like they got it like right there (laughs) in 2011. But because because the because the people that write the shit for the news readers to read and let and let's get this correct the people that write the stuff for the news readers to read um are just going to throw shit against the wall why do people you know why do people not watch the network news anymore why does this happen because it's it, it's all just it's all nothing it's all just bullshit. It's all just bullshit. Every single thing you turn on, it's going to be one perspective um, that you're given, and, and not nothing sort of straight down the line. It just you know the ideas of give me the facts. I will make my own judgments right. on the facts. See, it does not exist. It does not exist. You need to be told what's good and bad as compared to you allowing yourself. To use fiery, your own judgment. Fiery, but Please, mostly peaceful do not, protests, et cetera, et cetera. Do not think for yourself. You're not allowed to think for yourself anymore. We will do the thinking for you. And that's not just on one side of the spectrum. It's on, it's on both or whatever, if we have only two sides. Everything is about, no, you're supposed to think this. So, And it's like, nah, fuck off. Fuck off. So, uh, two things. Number one, Animaniacs is back. Uh, and, you know. So, is there a theme song? So, I saw somewhere... Okay, sorry. I saw somewhere on Twitter <laughs> that, like, people are offended by the goddamn Animaniacs theme song. Okay, why? I have no fucking clue. It's the Animaniacs theme song? And you're getting pissed off about the Animaniacs? What the? F- are you okay. shitting me? Uh, hold on. Well, let me see if I can find what Animaniacs. It's like it's like there's something going Animani- down. I saw on Twitter. Oh my god! There's a 2016 article. Cartoons that might not no longer be appropriate in 2016. Jesus Christ! Hello, mm-hmm. nurse. Um, was it finger? The other was fin- the fingerprints yeah, finger, yeah. gag. No, that was fingerprints. I don't think so. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a great that's a great bit that no kid would have probably understood then, um, or I hope they wouldn't have understood it at least. But so there's that. But also the Black Panther Ooh. two details. So it looks like uh, 
Shuri is going to be the focus, which we kind of call, or well, you kind of definitely called. Of um, course. Of course that was going yeah. to happen. So. Can you imagine the shrieking that would happen if some other dude was sort of elevated to that level? Instead of Shuri. Shuri was right there. I mean, it should be Shuri. It, yeah, it, it should I mean, it should be Shuri. But 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 Shuri's going to be more of an Iron Man-y type person as compared to a classic fighter, 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 you know, is, is, is my impression. Because she is not the um, amazing, you know, Black Panther was the incredible fighter with superhuman strength as compared to the uh, technological genius sort of superhero that Shuri is, which is more of the Iron right. Man type. Uh, hero. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I guess they're still trying to figure out the. They're casting somebody that they assume would be the villain, but they don't know who the villain, who the villain will be yet. Uh, supposedly Ryan Coogler really wanted Craven the Hunter to be the villain, but obviously with the Sony stuff, and I guess Sony's trying to make a Craven movie and yes and shit. But um, so it looks like there is. A monster movie that's going to be at Universal, being directed by Phil Lord and Godzilla? Chris. No, like Godzilla? Universal Monsters. <sighs> Phil Lord and Chris Miller oh, okay. are supposedly attached, and Channing Tatum is attached. And okay, so wait, is he going to play one of the Universal I monsters? Yes. Okay, so let me. So I'm. Do they tell you which no, monster it is? Because I'll take a guess. There is no, no. Okay, he isn't gonna. I don't think he could be werewolf. No, because supposedly there's a werewolf remake with Ryan Gosling. What? <laughs> what the? F- is that a joke? Okay. Um, and while Corinne. I'd always perceive whoever whoever is uh, playing werewolf has a bit more of a swarthy sort of yeah. You think it'd be Javier Bardem or something, right? But but who was the who's Benicio del Toro played it yeah, in that, that awful I remake? saw on Grandparents Day when I was at St. Mike's with mom? Yeah, Anthony, sure. Anthony Hopkins and exactly. Emily Blunt. Are yeah, sure. Well. Yeah, that was Emily, Emily Blunt, Blunt okay. after Charlie Wilson's War. I mean. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Karen, with with her auspicious yeah. debut. With Karen, well, she was in Devil Wears Prada before Charlie Wilson's War, but Karen Kusama, I guess, is going to do the new Dracula movie. Okay. She. Who the hell's um, that? She's she's actually a good director, but the only movie I've seen of hers, I think, is uh, Eon Flux. If you remember that movie. I I not only remember the movie, I remember the show on MTV. The little six-minute cartoons that they put on MTV on Sunday night at 11.30 that, like, all the animation wackadoodles would be like, holy shit, look at this. I remember when I was... You had the ability to watch the... We rented the movie when I was at Mom's from Blockbuster. I thought it was shit then, and I was only nine years old. So, Yeah. I, I I would hazard a guess that that judgment yeah. still holds up. And guess to, guess to what day. studio was behind Eon Flux? 
Yep, Paramount, Paramount Picture Studio production that charged that starred Charlie's Theron and had a budget of sixty-two million dollars. Sixty-two million dollars. So and Martin Chokas, Martin or Chokas like, was in it. Like if you like, Aeon Flux was like there might have been a handful of five or six minute cartoons, and they just decided to go all in. My God, what year was that? Um, based on the animated science fiction action television like, series of the same name, aired on MTV from '91 to '95. <laughs> so, okay, but anyways, that was. I mean, I, I don't have anything else. I mean, I'm looking through some stuff, but. So, so what's going to be interesting is when they remake the werewolf in the in the additional Wolfman or the Wolfman, you know, there's this gypsy sort of person, fortune teller type, whiskey drinking Lon Chaney. <laughs> well, okay, who tells Lon Chaney? Who tells Lon Chaney that he's, uh, <clears throat> you know, hey, he's been cursed with whatever, and tells his poem that he's got whatever, and Lon Chaney is this sort of like. Uh, fretting this big fretting dude um who's just sort of like spooked by this and obviously he he becomes but he's i guess he is in eastern europe when this is all going down because I me mean, not exactly driving through like uh chillicothe ohio running into gypsy fortune tellers that they're going to tell i mean it's just not really a that it be my like lord that, that so be. what is yes it is yeah so so what is so what is the equivalent, assuming it's going to be an Americanized, Americanized version modern, of the yeah. person who, right, right, the person who gives him the, uh, who tells him of the curse, because it's not going to be this uh, Eastern European gypsy that he It's comes probably across. going to be like some blogger, um, like some BuzzFeed, like, blogger, just like... <laughs> He runs, yeah, he, he, he's at Starbucks and Nate yeah. Silver's in front of him. Oh, and wait, he's like, so, hey, yeah, you, you know what I was looking? I was looking at some stats here recently, and based upon the way wait, the moon wait. is sitting no, 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 wait. and so where your birthday like, is, like you know what? You've got a you've got a thirty two percent chance of becoming wait, a. Wait, so you're saying he has to like accidentally come across this person? Yeah, I mean, he did not like. Uh, I, I no, don't know I the think setup. It's be like I, he's watching like you know, CNN he, or something, and it's like, oh, we invite you know BuzzFeed's you know lifestyle blogger or whatever. It's gonna be, it's gonna be this woman that just like talks like this, like nobody believes in this, but it's totally real or whatever. And then he's gonna be like, he's gonna he's gonna click power, you know, he's gonna power, he's gonna you know turn off his TV. He's like, oh my god, that bullshit or whatever. And then it's gonna happen to him, like it, you know, it's just. So, so there's a lighthearted werewolf movie that came out in the early 80s called American Werewolf in London that starred uh, this guy named David Naughton, who is most known for uh, probably some sitcoms in the late 70s, early 80s. Is John, um, John Landis movie. The, the most shame- They were going to remake with his... John Landis remake, movie. They were going to remake it. it has, his son was going to direct, and then all the shit came out about his son. Rick... Rick Baker did the um, uh, makeup work for it, and for, it's even holds yeah. up today. 
it was good, but it's played sort of, it's not played for laughs. There's just some funny parts to it. And essentially uh, these two, I forget it's David Naughton. I forget the other guy uh, who actually ended up having a much better career than David Naughton. Um, David Naughton, most known for being the Dr. Pepper guy in the seventies and in, in the TV show, making it because Senate fever was so big. They had to make a TV show out of it called making it in 1979, which lasted for all probably six episodes. And then um, Griffin Dunn, but the other guy, Griffin Dunn. Yes. Who's who's uh, done some other stuff? <laughs> Sorry, um, he uh, so Griffin Dunn gets uh, so basically they get attacked by a werewolf and uh, uh, in the hills of Scotland because sure if you're going to backpack why not backpack through Scotland in the middle of November where there's no lights in like the late seventies early eighties yeah sure why not and so you know don't go out in the hills or whatever and then they end up you know a werewolf comes and bites and sort of puts David Naughton in the hospital, kills his buddy. And then uh, Griffin Dunn sort of shows up as the movie continues in various states of decay saying, dude, you just got to kill yourself, man. I mean, look, I'm not getting any better, but you're just going to keep killing people. And he, and he goes off and he's in London and like he turns into a wolf and he starts causing trouble in Piccadilly Circus. And, and it's kind of played for, it's played. Yeah. There's horror in it, but it has a lighter touch to it. Um, you know, I could see Gosling do You know, if they're able to keep a light touch to it, I could I see Gosling know. doing that. But if I, they just play it's it be super dark. flat. It's, I don't think they're trying to put a light touch to it. You think they're going to get into, it's going to talk about the inner the workings human, of, the, of the, man, man of the male, of the yeah. male beast. The male, the, the, this is truly the what makes men um this is maleness in its most vicious or, form or We're one seeing it laid truest, bare and how they need to be destroyed form. yeah truest yeah. form right uh, right yes yeah, so there you go ryan got wow i guess he's gonna be the wolf man so there's that i mean amongst the, i thought he's got that netflix movie that he's doing with chris evans which like hey sign me up i like both those guys so uh, did you have anything else? <laughs> just, you, uh, it makes you look like a schmuck. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just, I'm just thinking of just, I'm just thinking of all these lines. Drop a Hitler just... reference in there, especially backpacking through. Oh. that's a reference to the nice guys. For those who haven't seen the nice guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, I, I, I got a. All right. Well, if you like the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Next week will be our 30th episode. So there's that. Yeah. 30 whole episodes. Um, Follow us on Twitter at the underscore all underscore around the all around or on Instagram at the dot all dot around. Um, Leave a review. We'll read it here on the show. I think we're still at 16. We're still at 16. Uh, five star ratings, and we have like six or seven written reviews. So, I'd like to keep that streak going. Um, love to get to twenty five star ratings, maybe by uh, yeah, year end, end would be good. But yeah, um, possible. Good. No, no, I was gonna say that it, it, that would be great because we could get maybe north of uh, twenty listens on an episode. Yeah, we've had, had on, on like they'll build to twenty over time, but. 
this past week was 16. Uh, but we were at – we gained in total 42 plays over the course of, like, every episode – wherever over the course of the week. But 16 of those were from our last episode. So people are listening.